This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, why is reaching out for help so hard for so many people? Well, let's break down the barriers and formalities and dive into what a first call to a business coach can be like. I'm with Aftermarket Radio Network host coach Chris Cotton at ASTE 2022. They're sponsored by Shopware. Now, look, you don't have a hobby. You've got a business that needs your attention to profitability. Never, never stop improving yourself and your business. Embrace accountability partners, peer groups, and coaching, and watch what you can do. Carm Capriato here, the Aftermarket Podcast Pioneer, and thanks to our partners that make this episode possible. Hey, are you going to Apex 2022? Well, please let me know. You're going to see a revamped repair shop HQ. That's right. This one-stop destination is to meet the product, equipment, and training needs of shop owners, managers, and technicians. It's all happening at Apex 2022, November 1st through the 3rd in Las Vegas. Be there. I hope to see you. Register at aapexshow.com. Still not too late. Hey, do you struggle to let go of the shop at the end of the day when you see your end-of-day balance and how you're tracking this month? It's much easier to enjoy that ball game or the holiday. Talk to my friends at GetShopware.com. Hey, it's Carm here again, ASTE 2022. We're out in Raleigh. Wow, uh, Chris, what an event. Yeah, it's been pretty good. And that's just the actual event. You know, we've got a distraction of a of the edge of a hurricane. Ian came to visit yesterday and Kimberly and I actually got out of the the hotel this morning to go buy groceries for our continuation of our road trip this morning. And there's actually some some smaller limbs down around town. Yeah, We came back from a a dinner last night where I never seen so much water just on flat uh, blacktop. And I was traveling with, oh, it was Matt Scundridge. And he goes, Carm, I've been in all of them. I've been in the tropical storm, which is where we are right now. He says, right. it's this tail end thing. I've been in a one, two, three, and a four. And he goes, and when you live in those areas and he lives in Florida, mm-hmm. he says, he knows the one means this, you're going to be really inconvenienced. Two means that you're going to lose power. Three means that you're going to lose by a roof. <laughs> and, he, and they go down with all of that stuff. All of the stuff. It's crazy. Anyway, good to have you here. Sponsored. Yeah, it's great to be here. Sponsored here at ASTE by Shop. We're so thankful to them. Hey, look, thanks for all that you do on the Aftermarket Radio Network with the Chris Cotton Weekly oh, Blitz absolutely. Show. I love it. How many episodes? Like 80 weeks of 80, doing we've this got, something? I think episode 80 is getting ready to come out. And yeah. then I've recorded and shipped to you guys all the way through the end of our trip. So at least through the middle of October. Yeah. Oh, we're slave yeah. drivers when it comes to that. Yeah, know? we got to do it. I mean, it's one, of the, <laughs> it's one of those things and you're like, oh my gosh, I've got to do six of these. And then I will tell you, so... Before Kimberly was in here with us and we were talking about like, you know, we have our, I have my on air sign so that the, so she knows not to bother me or whatever. And I was on a roll. I had all six of them scripted out and was ready to go. I went in and did the first two and I didn't recheck the audio after the first one. So neither one of the first two got recorded. Oh, no. And so I'm like slamming doors and stomping through the house. And I'm like, I get, I've been in here for like an hour and a half and I still have six to do. It's one of those things. Anyway, so, it happens. How long have I been doing this? Seven years, seven uh, and yeah, a half, yeah. thousand, eleven hundred plus episodes and the network. You don't think I've done that? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> well, and you know, I have a checklist now, Chris, make sure this is yeah. on, make sure this yeah. is on. And I made sure all that was done. And still. Every time I sit down works. in the studio, if I'm recording or we're going live, I have, because three different formatted shows, Chris, and I have these packets of index mm. cards. And on them is the cues that I need to know. Is the door in the studio closed, right? 
That's as detailed as I right. get. It's the on-air sign-off. Turn yeah. this recorder on. Open that screen. <laughs> uh, you know, do you have water? Did you turn off your cell phone? It's my checklist. Right. And there's like a dozen cards in these packages. Trust me, you get so comfortable doing things. This is about life. Right. You get comfortable doing things and you just think you're running on autopilot. Oh, because, yeah. I, don't worry. It's, it's going to happen. And then it doesn't. <laughs> and then you're, you're right. You're upset. Anyway, Chris, you know, he's doing a leadership series. You've done some incredibly deep emotional episodes and uh, you know they're just going to be classics on our network, but you're out there helping so much and, and bringing all your great wisdom of, of having been in the business before. What I want to know and the value that I want to bring our listener is the kind of phone calls you get where people are struggling and, and how you kind of push them or listen and walk them through it. I know there's people who want to improve their life. They want to improve their family, their income, their future, and the family at work. And they finally find that either a friend pushes them or despair pushes them. Right. And then they make that call to a network, a team, a peer, and or, you know, one of the great coaches in our industry. Walk me through an example. So first of all, I want to say... The big thing is kudos to everybody that reaches out to somebody. Like, obviously, I can't handle everybody looking for help. And I don't care who you get help from as long as you ask for help and get it. So first thing is, is I'm just shocked. When we got here, we use HubSpot or I use HubSpot. And I get an email when people send me an appointment request or or further information like that. And I guess it's like the, I don't know if humble is the right word, but the humbleness in me that is just like, is grateful that anybody would actually reach out to me and think that I know something. But you know, that's the imposter syndrome in all of us. But time out. You run a business, you preach to your clients that they have to market themselves right? If they, yeah. if they want to continue to grow. Right. And so, yes, I hear it. First of all, that's kudos for somebody for reaching out. Because yeah. a lot of people don't reach out and they end up out of business or stuck or not knowing what they need to know and not being able to grow. So the lead comes in, I reach out to them with an email, we have an appointment And I do a lot through Zoom now or Google Meet. Used to, in the olden days, it used to all be done from phone. Okay, I got to stop you for a moment. You're right. I don't do a phone call anymore. And with every episode that I've ever done, Chris, with any guest, there's always an icebreaker call. Right. Hey, I've got an idea. I've heard you're really good at this. Uh, I'd love to talk to you about it. And I send them a Zoom link. Yeah. And they say, no, I'd rather phone call. I says, well, if you're traveling or you can't be around, I really would, would love to do a right. Zoom call. To your point, what if someone says, well, I don't have a camera. I don't have a laptop. I've never done Zoom. Is that is that a warning sign? So I have personal feelings and I have business feelings about that. I do a lot of interviews with my current clients. Like They're like, hey, Chris, here's a rock star service advisor. Um, I want you to do the final interview with them and whatever. And we'll do a Zoom interview and they don't turn the video on. And I'm like, what are they trying to hide? Like to me, that's what I'm thinking personally. Business-wise, I'm go- I'm going to go ahead and do it. But if it was personal, if it was for my business, I'd Wait be like, sorry. A service person that doesn't want to yeah, show you their like, body language? Yeah, their flowing mane, whatever else. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't get it. So that's a red flag for me. Well, yeah. um, and I want to see bright eyes and smiling faces and everything else. So fortunately and unfortunately, there's so much technology in my business now that if you can't do a simple Zoom meeting or something like that. How are you going to enter your KPIs in my tracking tool? Are you still writing hand invoices or using QuickBooks? So that would be one of my first questions is one, what are you hiding? Two, 
are you going to be able to handle my program because of these other things that we're doing? Like 10 years ago, if somebody would have asked me to do a Zoom meeting, I'd have been like, I don't see the value in it. I don't understand it. And my common thing when I was trying to go through this weird transition of only phone meetings to Zoom and Google Meet, I'm busy. I've got like two screens up. I'm reading notes. I'm entering notes. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Why the hell would anybody want to watch me work and try to talk to them? But people love it. I like seeing their faces and reactions. That's one of the things that I get as a coach. You know, if I'm really punching somebody in the throat pretty hard, I want to see the body language and everything that's going on when I'm doing that. As a coach, punching them in the throat, is that accountability? Yeah. Yeah. That's holding them accountable to what they said. Yeah. They they already said they wanted to do it and they said they wanted to be punched in the throat. But when you actually punch them in the throat, that's metaphorically. Metaphorically. Yeah. Yeah. I've never actually punched anybody in the throat, but. But, you know, <laughs> they may feel it comes yeah, with the Zoom and, call. And I have different hats, right? Like I have my happy-go-lucky. Things are great hat. Um, things are great hat. And then, I don't know, you may want to bleep this out. I don't know. I have my asshole hat, too, that I can wear if I need to. It depends completely on your your reaction, which hat I'm wearing. By the way, you bring up such a great point. You know, COVID was a, it wasn't a great thing. Right. But for our industry, interestingly enough, Chris, it was a good right. thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. And... They ran out of headsets. They ran out of cameras. They ran out of all this stuff that Zoom people stock rushed. went through the roof. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, I think it tripled. Oh yeah. Say it was worth 5 billion. It was worth 20 billion. Oh, yeah. And if you didn't have one of these things to be involved, help the people that we right. went to dinner with every Friday night. What do you think? I took my Zoom thing. We all got cocktails, right? And we sat around at 6.30 on the Friday night. <laughs> With food and drinks as if we were out. And a virtual fire in the background crackling, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so everyone adapted. So for the COVID, it made us almost stronger digital natives than we ever were. Right. The lucky thing for me was I've been a remote coach for 10 years, over 10 years now. So doing things remote was really part of what we did and part of what we lived. But the whole video thing was new. You know, the response from the industry was great. Like if... You could probably wake up in the morning and decide, hey, I want to watch three webinars on how to get through COVID today as far as the aftermarket auto repair industry goes. And you could have probably found three webinars a day and you didn't see that in the restaurant industry. You didn't see that in any of these other industries, which just completely shocked me that those things weren't going on. And honestly, those were the industries that really, really needed it because in the end... But they were shut down. They were shut down, but there should have been... You know, there, Maybe some there should have been somebody saying, hey, yeah. okay, when we're open again, you have to have an app. You need to be ready to open with an app. You need to be ready with curbside service. You know, how do you cut your staff? There was nobody telling uh, restaurant owners how to get a PPP or idle money or none of that, as far as I know. Yeah, I don't either. But I've always gone to, to friends that I know, business people, and I say, is this the only industry that has this level of what I do, the whole coaching side? Do plumbers have? networking and coaching. I know they have conferences. Trust me, right. they got to see the new three new wrenches that are new this year. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think any other industry does have it to the level. And it maybe it's just because I'm not in it. If anyone out there knows if there's anything like what we do in this industry and no different chefs by restaurants, yeah. plumbers owned by start plumbing companies, electricians, the whole thing, welders start welding companies. 
but it doesn't mean that they're really good business people. Right. Yeah. And it, that's the parallel that goes on inside of what we do here. I'm sure there's some level of like coaching and things like that in those industries, but I don't think it's nearly as big as what our industry is. But they all have associations guaranteed. Right. It's a great, great point. So back to the phone, the, the phone right. rings and what are the things you kind of ask? So really I start... In my coaching practice, if you want to call it, I ask a lot of open-ended questions. I try not to ask yes, no questions Mm -hmm. because I don't want it to stop there. One of the things that I say a lot is I'll ask, okay, and what else? Because if you give somebody the opportunity to go state's evidence against themselves and just say, and what else, and just be completely silent, then they'll fill the void, right? But the two main questions I ask, like starting out, was like, hey, Carm, thanks for calling today. I really appreciate it. On my lead gen, I got your website. I have your website pulled up. I went, for better or worse, I went through and read all of your Google reviews on your Google My Business page. Tell me what prompted the call today and tell me what struggles you're having in your business. And then I just... Dead air. Just listen. It's called dead air on the I, broadcast. I just, yeah. I just let them go state's evidence on themselves. It gives me a starting point to figure out where they think they need help. And then we'll go through that process I try to keep it less than 30 minutes and on Zoom calls and phone calls when I'm working with a client, I keep it less than 45 minutes. You talk to somebody for an hour and everybody's just exhausted when they're done. Hey, Carm here. Now, when it comes to technical and management training, nothing beats the caliber of classes and expert trainers that Apex puts together for Repair Shop HQ. And that's because a panel of shop owners selects the best training that will drive your business forward. Training is geared toward shop owners, service advisors, and technicians. Technical classes will include ADAS and calibrations, hybrid and electrical vehicle case studies, CAN bus diagnostics, electrical diagnosis, and using current probes to diagnose drivability dilemmas. On the management side, you'll learn marketing strategies that work, employee retention practices, building a culture that employees will embrace, and more. Expert trainers in this year's lineup include Mike Reynolds, John Thornton, Eric Ziegler, Greg Bunch, Bill Haas, and Kim and Brian Walker. Repair Shop HQ training will take place at Apex November 1st through the 3rd in Las Vegas. To learn more, go to aapexshow.com slash training. If you run more than one shop, you know how vital it is to keep up with how each one is performing. But it can drive you crazy to log in and out of each shop's database as you try to compare KPIs. Well, look, stop making it hard. With Shopware's advanced analytics, you can easily pull all that data into one report. Heck, you can even set up the system to pump it out in a graph or a chart and then email it to you anytime you want. Why tax your brain before you even start looking for trends and wins to celebrate? Let the computer do the work for you. Spend less time sifting through pages of numbers. Now, once you see your business's potential right in front of you, you can take steps to make it even better. And then you can take a night off to enjoy the time you just won back. Benefit, go with the team that created DVX. My friends at GetShopware.com. If you, as the shop owner who has made a huge decision to interview coaches and to take that really big and important leap, you got to be clean. You got to, you got to bring it all up. Well, and people need to realize when they call me, I don't have all the answers. It's like, it's like going and being a black belt in karate, right? Like every black belt in karate, when they first started, they had their yellow belt. They knew just enough karate to get their ass kicked in a really, really good fight. And you have to get more and for more information and learn more in order 
to be better and be better for those people businesses. You know, when I'm talking and asking them, I'm asking them questions. I'm learning about their business. I'm being quiet so I can listen and understand. And then kind of the follow-up to that is, okay, before we, I don't even try to sell them on the first phone call. I don't try to do anything because at that point, I don't know enough about them to know if I want to be their coach because I don't take just anybody that calls because some people I'm not right for. And there has to be a relationship there or else the thing about accountability is, Carm, if you're not afraid to disappoint me, then accountability does nothing. You have to wake up the day of our phone call and be, oh my gosh, I told Chris that I was going to do X. He's going to Google meet me in three hours and I haven't done it yet. If you wake up in the morning and that doesn't give you stress and anxiety and you're like, eh, it's Chris. You're wasting your you're money. You're wasting your money. Yeah. You yeah. might as well pull the plug and move on at that point. By the way, anyone who's listening to us, um, if you got a coach, great. God bless you. Stay with it. Networking. Mm-hmm. You have a friend who's struggling and more and more our industry is opening up to peer meetings and, and networking and not everyone is at a certain level that you would be at, please share this episode. Go out and say, hey, Chris and Carm, this is a great episode. Listen to this thing and make a decision, but at least you've gotten some behind the scenes on how this coaching thing works. But really you're testing each other at each end. Right, and you're trying to figure out if this is a good fit, if we can build a relationship here. And I'll say real quick, if you think, oh, coaching is so far past me, it's too expensive, it's whatever, then get into a peer group that doesn't, like the expense is not as there. And then let 15 or 20 of your peers punch you in the throat. That way you get punched by all of them and not just a coach. Yeah, I've been in meetings. I've been, oh, they get pretty, oh, pretty brutal yeah, sometimes. In Buffalo, where I am, we've got a great independent group. We meet at 615, uh, third Thursday of, of every month. And it's gotten to the point, Chris, and these are the kind of networking groups that you need to look for, that people are bringing P&Ls to share, oh, yeah. retirement strategies, and the respect is totally in the room. But every once in a while, somebody will say, what do you mean you're not doing right. that? <laughs> well, and so when Kimberly and I had our shops, I was at a peer group meeting. And like all shop owners do, we have outside influences that affect our business. We lost a major employer in town and my, our numbers had plummeted. And we were in this meeting And I'm going through and people are like, why is your car count so low? Why are your sales down? What's wrong with your margins? And I broke down in tears. I mean, you guys know me, like my emotions are on my sleeve. And I broke down in tears in the thing because I felt like I disappointed. Not only had I disappointed Kimberly and the family and the community, but I disappointed everybody in that room because I didn't have really good answers for any of that. And so I got up and left the room, just tried to put my stuff together And then I went back in the room and sat down and they're like, okay, we're going to pass Chris. And I said, no, we're not going to pass Chris. We're going to come back to me and I'm going to sit here with my big boy pants on and I'm going to answer all these questions to the best of my ability because I need you to help me figure out what the answers are. And I did that. And after the meeting, some people were like, Chris, we didn't think you were coming back. We thought you were just going to leave your computer and everything here. And like, you were not coming back. And I'm like, no, that you have to come back. That was a character building moment, right, yeah. wasn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah, think about it. I'm thinking about cookie cutter. As a coach, yeah, you may have a standard KPI thing that you measure people, you measure the, if you will, the blood test of the business, right? but not every strategy or leadership improvement is cookie cutter. Everyone is different. Every person is absolutely different. The class I taught yesterday, we had about 30 people in there, 30 shop owners. We had a great conversation. Afterwards, we're like, Chris, thank you for not just standing up there and talking the whole time. Uh, We love the interaction. So in that class, I was talking about how it doesn't matter what your labor rate is. The people across the street don't matter. 
your business is unique to you. Like it's kind of weird, a snowflake. Like each shop is their own unique individual snowflake. Oh, right? I see. I understand. See, are you with me yeah, now? I'm with I, I pulled it back in. Trying to figure out what everybody else is doing is really, really hard. And basing your business model, like pricing and everything else, you can't do that. So again, to the cookie cutter, I don't have people like Chris, tell me what your program is. Tell me what this is. What is that? What are we going to be doing? I'm like, I don't have a clue what we're going to be doing three weeks from now because it's tailored for you and and what your needs are. If you're great at leadership and you've got your pricing and everything down, but you've got three or four other areas that you really, really need help in, then guess what? We're going to skip those other areas and go to the help that you need. As a former shop owner and as just a person in, in general, I see the potential in everybody and I want everybody to be pushed to their fullest, but most people don't want that. I can look at somebody with a 12 bay shop and they've got three technicians and I'm like, oh, you could be doing $4 million a year. But if they don't want to do that and if they don't want to be that, then there's no need in me pushing them to that. So that's another one of the things I ask is, you know, what do you want to be? Where do you want to be two years from now? Do you want to be a multi-unit? And most people are like, oh, heck no, I can barely handle one. I would never want a second one or whatever. So I try to push people to where they want to be, not where I want them to be. And again, that takes them to everybody's individuality. I have a tough question. Okay. What is the number one problem area that you're finding? Oh, gosh. Financial, leadership, people. I think the biggest thing right now is, and people in the class yesterday were asking me this question, the older generation, and by older, I mean me, I'll be 50 in November, so... I are one, so I can say it, but you know, we're kind of getting older, but there were several times yesterday where like, Chris, we don't relate to the younger people. We don't know what motivates them. We don't know what they want. We don't understand. How do we motivate these people? And I would love to tell you there's a great answer for that, but there's really not like we're, the businesses we have now are not the businesses we had 18 months ago. And so it's completely different and the people have changed and everything else. Do you find that this older generation, I don't know the age group, it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. Maybe it's 50, 60, just wants to do everything and they never really passed or delegated who should do this stuff. And then open your eyes for a younger person that will bring the liveliness or they'll teach you. Well, first of all, I would say if everybody had the drive and the go-gettedness or whatever of all the shop owners, then everybody would have a single person shop and there wouldn't be enough people to work in everybody's shops. I think you have to connect to the younger generation on a more personal level. Mental health has never been talked about in our industry as much as it have. And I've tried to like force that a little bit yeah. and just checking in on your people and letting them know and showing that you care. And this is a weird thing. So I don't, I hope this wasn't creepy, Tracy, but I'm going to, I'm going to use you as an example. I read several years ago, like, cause we we were talking before the show about our daughter Piper, she's 19. And I read a book on, you know, how to father your, your daughters and everything like that. One of the things I read in there is whenever your child comes up for a hug, it's like, you don't break the embrace. You let your child break the embrace because you don't know how big of a hug they need at that point. So I've tried to make it a point like I met Tracy in person, like we've known each other, but the other night when she came up and hugged me, I hugged her until she let go. And I hope that wasn't creepy. I don't know if you noticed. We actually did a double. It okay. Was like, I actually released and I'm like, no. <laughs> it was a double. She said, right. yeah. And, and they were shocked. <laughs> I live with myself every day. So I'm like 6'3", 270. And they're like, oh my gosh, you're so big. So I have this kind of like big bear hug. Yeah. 
So I don't break the embrace and I felt like it was a longer hug. And I'm like, oh, Tracy's going to think this is creepy. Like this is on some level, she's going to talk to her dad and like, don't ever let me see Chris again. (laughs) I hug people until they break the embrace. And I've been doing this for several years and people are holding that embrace longer now than they ever have. Take it for what you will. I don't know. It's a, what a study. (sighs) Yeah. What a study on people. And so, and the question was asked yesterday and I was like, 90% of our employees issues in a shop come from home. Like a lot of people use work as an escape or a release. They don't care for their spouse. They're running from their kids and they want, they come to work to escape their home life. And if you're not checking in with all your people regularly, these things fester and go up and then it's an issue in the shop. And if there's no love I'm sorry, I don't want to get smoogy on you. Uh, Can it, I do we this? We go where we go, yeah, right? Thank you, because, <laughs> and again, trust me, if you've listened to me often, then you hear me bring up the word love. I used to teach that when, when I worked for Corporate America. I'd go out and says, you know, where's the love inside of our organization? Where's the love inside of your team? Right. And I said, listen, guys, I'm not talking love like you think. Yeah. If you look up love, there's a lot of, there's nouns and there's verbs. And this is, it, verb says that we care for each other. I mean, it's, right. an, it's an action that we show to each other. Your organization has that kind of culture, this caring right. thing, then hugs are appreciated and they're understood. And wow, I don't have to deal with home. I'm coming here to a quote unquote loving right. organization. And oh, by the way, I'm Italian and I love to hug, by the way. Okay. But I never thought of the theory about the length of the embrace. You taught me something new. There you go. If you have the kind of relationship and you didn't do the morning routine. Hi, baby. How mm-hmm. are you? Good morning. Blah, blah, blah. I go to Ann sometimes in the middle of the day and I say, I need a hug. I don't know if it's ever happened oh, yeah. to you. Oh, yeah. And, and when I say I need a hug, Tracy, it's a longer hug than normal. Right. Well, and so my thing is when I talk to shop owners and talk about shop owners and talk about my clients with other people, I say we. Like when I'm helping you with the shop, it's a we. Like, yeah. like if you own a shop, you might stay up at late at night, but I'm also staying up late at night thinking about how to do whatever I need to do with you to get you where I need you to go. So we're probably the only two people on the planet losing sleep about your business. And that comes with a lot of weight on my shoulders. And now that I've been doing it for 10 years, I can, you know, kind of separate that. But again, it's sometimes it's like me going up to Kimberly and being like, whew, I need a deep breath because yeah. I have all this weight or, you you're, know. You're carrying an additional load. Right. It, it Maybe not, not only as a father, as a wife, as a business owner, but your career has, you're embracing other people's right. challenges and issues. And I'll bet you you're the happiest guy in the world when success happens. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's probably the motivator. Yeah. I, I can't wait for us to get, you know, up and over the, right. you know, let's jump in the Niagara River and, and hopefully land safely <laughs> at the other end, right? Right. And that's what I live for. I tell people all the time, send me a video. Like, so this is what I need as a coach, right? Like, I'm not just a an auto shop coach for success. Trust me, I talk about divorce, everything else. Like, I, I can't stand these people. What do I do? It's kind of gloomy and whatever sometimes. But I want you to look at this picture and I want you to read that. That's the moments <laughs> I live for. Finally took a week-long vacation in Hawaii. The shop ran great while I was gone and we actually maintained profit. Thanks again for all your advice, Chris. Oh, my, my. It doesn't get any better. Uh, no, that. and there's, I'm not going to flip it around, but there's a picture of a, hus- a shop operator, his wife, and their two kids on a beach in Hawaii. And in the background is Diamond Head Crater. Like, this is almost a poster. Like, yeah. I, actually, I should make turn it into a poster and put it in my office. Well, you should put it on your website, uh, too. Yeah. 
Uh, I just got that on Friday. Like Kimberly was driving, I was working and I, I see this text from him and I'm like, oh, he needs help. And I'm like, oh, boom, there you go. And not only from you as a coach, but you as a business owner, you as a husband, father, when those moments happen, stop and savor them. Oh, I do. Well, and that's the thing. I have to remember that I tell clients all the time because they're like, oh, I can't believe this one client, you know, they did this and and they're talking, this is a shop owner talking about his customer. And I'm like, okay, so you had one bad experience today, but how many great experiences did you have? And he's like, well, I had, you know, we had 38 happy customers. I'm like, then stop dwelling on that and move on. I learned that from Kimberly. After we bought our shop, I would come home, we'd be at the dinner table and she's like, how was your day? And I would be like, oh, you can't believe what this person did. And this employee, it's like running a kindergarten. And after about three weeks of that, she's like, you know what? If your days are that bad, I don't want to hear about it. And so we went from working our business together to her doing her stuff, me doing my stuff. And then we didn't talk about it at home because she didn't want to hear all that stuff. It terrified her because she was like, oh my God, if this is what our business is like, you know, what have we done? And so I really had to watch that. And then uh, it took me a while to figure out how to come home. You know, you have to release that when you go and come in and think about the positive. You told a story that thousands and thousands of people can relate to. I mean, this goes yeah. on every day right. at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. And it's probably not super healthy for your state of mind. It's not super healthy for the marriage, for the family to come home with the weight oh, yeah. of unproductivity, uh, uh, zero profits, can't pay my bills. That's why we're kind of doing this episode. And that's why we need you to share this with someone because right. I know... If you're listening, 80% of you are on the top of your game. And the reason you come to this podcast is you just want to continue to hone your skills and to listen to continuous advice and listen to learn just one thing to either affirm or confirm or add something to your to-do list or change your strategic plan or go out and hug somebody today. There we go. Yeah. Okay. And you're doing one thing to help people and I'm doing something to help, you know, the much wider side of the industry. I've had so many people come up to me every year, more and more and more and more people come up and they call me by my first name. And I say to myself, do I know you? Because, you know, did I meet you at another place? I, I, I'm terrible with faces and names, right. Chris. I yep. am just the worst. Well, I said, if the way I used to know people as a shop operator is I knew everybody's car. And as soon as I saw everybody's car pull in, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, that's so-and-so. But if I'd have met that person at the grocery store and not seen the car, I wouldn't have yeah, had a clue would, who that was. Known them. I do have one more thing I want to say, though, yeah. on kind of on that Kimberly front. Like when you're a shop operator or service advisor or whatever, you're on all day. And I used to come home and be like, I just I need an hour of quiet with nobody talking to me so that I can reset. You got to figure out how to reset in less time than an hour. You got to do that on your way home, because if you have a spouse and I know, know you were talking about spouses in the business and everything else. If you're going home to a spouse that isn't in the business or something like that, they've been at home doing whatever all day, like taking care of your kids, supporting you, organizing you, whatever. And they want you to be on for them the minute you walk through the door. So you either have to turn it off and turn it back on, or you have to reset your mind and be ready to support and hug them when you get home, I guess, and and be ready to answer their questions and everything else. That was a big lesson I had to learn, and it took me way too long to figure that out. Great point. I mean, huge, huge point. When you cross that threshold, yeah. a different person shows yeah. up. And one of the things that I learned a long time ago is I had to give it to my family and give it to my wife. But then if I had something, if I had to de-stress myself, if, mm -hmm. if the ride home didn't completely help, 
then once I gave to the family, yep. then I had to go out and figure out how to restress from the day. Right. And sometimes just being there eating dinner and being with the family didn't de-stress me. And it's almost like you have to talk out mentally all the positive things, but then the few negative things that brought you down. And even today, like this is a fight like now, like I'll go in, I'll do some podcast episodes. I'll be in my office five or six hours and I may run to the bathroom. I'm grab a cup of coffee, whatever, and say hi. And then she'll ask me like, how are things going? I'm like, oh, everything's great. That's not what she wanted. She wanted me to stop and tell her like each client what's going, because she's invested in all these people too, right? Because she knows their name. She's met them. She's traveled the country with me. She's visited shops and she's like, oh, how's so-and-so doing? And I get into that mode sometime where I'm so busy. I'm like, oh, everything's fine. But then later on, I'll start talking about after I decompress and be like, oh, well, so-and-so's got this issue and so-and-so's got this issue and somebody had this issue and this is how we handled it. And that's what she wants. Great. Yeah. It's just a great piece of advice. I love this episode. Oh, Thank I you. do too. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Well, five minutes in, you're cutting me off? What? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I, wow. I don't know. It does feel like five minutes. Yeah. It really does. And, and especially hanging out with you because if you're not on your toes when you're hanging with Chris, you're done. Uh, it's the squirrel <laughs> and everything. And I will tell you, so I can see Carm's notes and he had like six, seven things to keep the conversation going. And before we go, I'm like, Carm, just turn it all on and let's go. Because I used to stress out about like we would go on air uh, town hall academy or whatever yeah, and i'm like yeah. oh I, I don't know what we're gonna do i just learned just like let's let's go no let's, I, if, just push the boulder and it'll roll downhill with you i didn't i didn't have to worry <laughs> right but i wanted to make sure because my job is that the audience end up getting something good and they did yeah i don't know how it happens i don't it just boom squirrel chris cotton from autofix auto shop coaching and the chris cotton weekly blitz podcast hey, and thanks for being in the auto aftermarket radio network hey, thank you for inviting me it's one of the things that you know as shop owners or as people were like hey you have to do marketing you have to do video you have to do this and i was like ah i don't have time to do any of that but really my business went to the next level when we started that and you know as far as lead gen goes or anything like that most people say oh i heard you on the podcast or I've been stalking your podcast for six months and I finally decided to call. Cool. Great so, story. Amazing. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Tracy. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.